I'm Don Merrill. I'm talking with C. Norman Turrell, president of League of Women Voters, Oregon. Mr. Turrell, welcome. Hi. Um, I got an idea a couple of days ago for a quick turnaround project that involved contacting the secretaries of state of each of the 50 states in the U.S. territories. I wanted to ask them to defend and describe the voting processes in their state. I wasn't surprised that each spokesperson described and defended those processes vigorously, but con considering the rhetoric around the questions uh, over the voting process, should I have been surprised? No. Uh, each state is quite different in the way it goes about administering its elections, and there's actually something like 9,000 election administration uh, entities around the state, uh, around the country, and so the, just the diversity of uh, different election systems uh, provides quite a bit of security for the whole election process throughout the country. I had a chance to collect some, some audio segments from some of the other secretaries of state around the country. Here's one from uh, uh, a representative for the Secretary of State of Colorado. This is Lynn Bartles, and I'm the Communications Director with the Colorado Secretary of State. Presidential candidate Donald Trump has noted several times on Twitter that he believes the elections are rigged. Well, you can say anything you want on Twitter. I can say I'm a supermodel, but I just bought a size 3X blouse. You I mean, you have individual cases of voter fraud, but you don't have wholesale rigging of elections. It, it would be impossible. You have different voting systems. You have different county clerks of different political persuasions. It's, it's just not the case. In about half of the states that responded, uh, the Secretary of State, unlike here in Oregon, is not directly responsible for voting and elections. And in those states, they have a board of elections that manages the elections process. What is the distinction between having a Secretary of State manage an election versus having a board of elections manage it? Well, effectively, it's not, there's not much difference. Um, it's always a somewhat political process, but having a separate board uh, administer the elections hopefully uh, insulates it somewhat from uh, the political processes. In Oregon, the Secretary of State is actually a partisan office, but uh, there hasn't been any suggestion that there's any problem with uh, the administration of our elections in Oregon. Now, just, just to be clear, so, you know, with all the people talking about the possibility of elections being influenced by politics, why is that an important distinction? I mean, you said it's not that much of a distinction, but apparently some states have decided that it is. Well, Oregon elections are generally very clean, uh, and there hasn't been any particular scandal in other uh, states. Uh, I'm thinking particularly of the East Coast, the partisan processes that seem to impinge on everything. Uh, so separating the process with a board of elections uh, might help uh, insulate it from politics. There's been a lot of talk about so-called down-ballot races and, and whether or not they're more subject to tampering than other races. First, can you explain what a down-ballot race is? And then can you elaborate a little bit about if they're subject to fraud any more than any other race? Well, down-ballot is literally down towards the bottom of the ballot, uh, and these are typically city or county races uh, where fewer voters are voting. 
And so it doesn't take uh, as many votes, anyway, to alter the outcome. And so they might be more susceptible to fraud. However, any kind of fraud is very unlikely, especially in Oregon. As part of uh, those collection of comments, here's one from the Secretary of State's representative in Michigan. Yeah, and this is Fred Woodhams, W-O-O-D-H-A-M-S, spokesman for Secretary of State Ruth Johnson. We have to check some balances here in Michigan to make sure our elections are run with integrity. Uh, since she took office, uh, Secretary of State staff have doubled down on scrubbing the voter list of nearly 900,000 people who are deceased or who moved out of the state, and that eliminates vulnerabilities to our elections process. Michigan voters can have full confidence in the results this November. I, I wanted to get your impressions of, of some of the comments that I received. As I said, I contacted all 50 secretaries of state, and hopefully um, more will be able to respond as we get closer to the election. But so far, about maybe 15 states have responded. And um, I, I, I wanted to get your, your thoughts over some of the comments that I got. Um, if you don't mind, I'd like to go through some of those comments. Um, go ahead. Talk, talk to me a little bit about the way... Um, the Secretary of State of Florida uh, responded. They were maintaining that uh, Florida is uh, takes issues election fraud very seriously, and they're confident in that all the votes will be counted. Are those are those common themes that you would expect a Secretary of State or a Board of Elections to to focus on, especially with with all the the talk of accusations uh, uh, around? maybe improprieties in, in voter election systems? Yeah, they would probably try to put the best face on uh, anything that was publicly said, even though there might actually be some problems. You know, I don't know of any particular problem about the Florida system, uh, but, you know, these are public officials, and uh, they're not willing to admit probably anything might be wrong with their systems. Right. The fact is uh, computer systems are... You know, pretty well analogous to physical security, like for your home. And, you know, no matter how many locks that you put on the doors and windows of your home, if a thief has sufficient time to break in, they will, in fact, break in. The same thing with computers. Right. Why is introducing doubt in our voting system, like Donald Trump is, is doing, a dangerous thing. I mean, our political system has been through worse, hasn't it? Well, I think it has been through worse uh, in the whole uh, 150 years or so of our uh, country's history. There's been lots of things go wrong with our election system. Um, however, when the uh, secret ballot was introduced in the early 1900s, the so-called Australian ballot, uh, fraud was much less likely to happen. And Again, it would uh, take a lot more votes to uh, affect the outcome of an election than just a handful of uh, ballots that uh, might be uh, changed in the course of uh, some sort of fraud. One of the things that I've heard uh, people talk about when they talk about the danger of calling our voting system into question is that it makes people begin to not believe in the system and if the vote is the bedrock of of our country then some of those arguments are that you can contribute that kind of 
doubt can contribute to to the fracturing of the of the of the uh, social contract that we have with each other and and with the political system. D- does that sound? I mean, does it sound right? Right, and uh, you know, challenging the vote is really challenging our democracy. And I would refer to the old adage that uh, democracy is the worst uh, government system of all, except all others. And if we somehow tear our democracy down, then we're going to get one of the other forms of uh, government uh, that are more uh, less savory. So we might get a dictatorship or some sort of authoritarian government that we would like less. So we need to uh, work hard at uh, preserving our democracy, our freedoms, and our liberties. It, it's really kind of hard to even conceive of the United States under a under a dictatorship or or an authoritarian government. I agree. It would be unthinkable. We're also looking at um, statements by the um, director of elections in, in New Jersey, Director Rodriguez. Yeah. And... Um, his main comments seem to be um, monitoring the system for signs of suspicious activity, you know, con- conducting periodic uh, vulnerability assessments. I mean, uh, again, the issue seems to be focusing on on cyber awareness and, and cyber security. Um, do you think that uh, that is as big of a concern as it was maybe in the 2012 election when there were all these questions about Diebold election machines? Well, I think they are saying appropriate things, but uh, again, there's no such thing as perfect security. Probably the best security for a computer system is to have it physically isolated uh, and not connected to the Internet at all, or have a huge security barrier between the Internet and, and the computer systems, if at all possible. Here in Oregon, Jean Atkins, who is the Secretary of State here, she talked about the sheer number of votes and the decentralized nature of our election system. Right. She, she essentially said that the manipulation of, of the elections results here in Oregon is, is virtually impossible. Um, but I also noticed that um, a lot of the Secretary of States are working with uh, the Department of Homeland Security um, as a way to develop what she called a hygiene screen uh, to take appropriate precautions. They did that for Oregon, apparently. Do you find that uh, a lot of the election systems around the country are, in fact, working with the Department of Homeland Security to try to bring another level of legitimacy to the election results? Well, I don't know that. I'm not involved in that process. You'd have to ask the Department of Homeland Security. But uh, Gene Atkins is correct. that The elections are decentralized in Oregon. Each county is responsible for its own elections. And they have some diversity in the way they go about that. And there's both diversity of process and, and the actual machinery that they use. Voting in Oregon is all by mail-in ballot, uh, with some minor exceptions. So it's quite a bit different from other states that have polling place voting. Vote counting is actually done at each county's election department in a central place. It's not counted in precincts like it is in other states. And so it's less vulnerable to manipulation. You'd have to have an insider actually somehow affecting the counting process rather than poll workers like in other states might affect the, the counting. I wanted to ask you about that. There was a big move, at least it was a 
big publicized move of a lot of election machines uh, from the manual machines to the electronic machines do you feel that 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 push toward more electronic machines has slowed in the last few years yes I, I think many jurisdictions bought new machinery back after the 2000 election and the help America vote act you know after the fiasco in Florida that many jurisdictions then had the money to buy new voting machines, and many of them bought electronic voting machines that uh, didn't have any trace on how the vote actually occurred. And since that time, they've realized that it's better to have some sort of a paper log or trace that can be recounted or audited after the election. Uh, and that's the best practices rather than the wholly electronic voting machines. Here's one from the Lieutenant Governor of Utah, Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox. So this is uh, Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox from the great state of Utah. And when it comes to, uh, to the integrity of our election system, it's something that we take very seriously here in the state of Utah. And, and I've assured voters here on many occasions that we have security systems in place, that there, there are no uh, grand conspiracies uh, when it comes to voter fraud. We encourage people to report any type of voter fraud that goes on. But I do believe that it is, uh, it is irresponsible and dangerous to, to allege uh, large-scale voter fraud or, or a rigged system. And uh, we, we know that that's not the case. It's very decentralized. Here in the state of Utah, we have 29 counties. They all conduct their own elections, and we have safeguards in place and checks and balances to make sure that those elections go off without a hitch and feel very confident that our elections are secure this year as always. There have always been contrarians who, because of conspiracy theories or bad experiences with the government or just a general philosophical differences, with with our government system they might not trust the election process is the rhetoric different in your opinion and if so how well the rhetoric uh... this election is unprecedented uh, no national candidate has ever uh, impugned the integrity of our election processes and uh, I, I think it's just preparing the, for the inevitable loss of but it, the effect is to delegitimize the whole process. It maybe comes out of ignorance of the fact that you can't really manipulate 9,000 uh, voting districts or even within a single state. It, it could conceivably affect a few votes by hacking into the computer systems and, and in one state might be able to swing uh, a, a race one way or another, but that wouldn't affect any other states. And so as long as the uh, vote tallies uh, are done well in all but uh, maybe one state, then we're probably all right. It, the result uh, for president, anyway, is based on electoral college votes, not on the individual votes in, in each state. As one of another one of the comments that I received about the integrity of the voting process across the country, this is a representative of the Secretary of State of Virginia. This is Edgardo Cortez. I'm the Commissioner of Elections in Virginia. Uh, here in Virginia, we have 133 uh, local registrars who administer the elections, as well as hundreds of other election officials. 
thousands of volunteers across the our almost 2,500 polling places on election day. Uh, we also have uh, uh, volunteers from the parties and independent candidates uh, that view and, and participate in many steps of the process. Uh, we certify our equipment. Uh, we check it prior to the election. Uh, and so we have a, a very good process here that's very open and transparent. Uh, and so uh, this issue of calling into question the integrity of the system really does a disservice to our voters uh, and also to all those professionals and volunteers uh, that work diligently to guarantee a fair and open process. And so we have absolute confidence that the results of this election are going to be an accurate reflection of the will of our voters and that the public should have that same confidence when they go to cast their ballots on November 8th. We've talked about some of the threats that the machines may face, but what about some of the other accusations, voter fraud and um, uh, things to do with voters who aren't legitimately a part of the voting rolls, voting? I mean, from what I've read and from what I understand, the the instances of those are are very very low, and I'm just right. wondering, um, can you talk a little bit about that? Well, the kind of fraud that is uh, targeted by voter ID, say, is very very rare. Uh, you'd have to be very bold to walk into a polling place and try to impersonate another voter and get away with it, especially since the polling workers are often your neighbors. So that kind of fraud is actually quite rare. The kind of fraud that they're not talking about is uh, in absentee ballots. It's possible for a voter to maybe sign their ballot and then give it to somebody else to actually vote, sell their ballot to somebody else. But that is also very rare. And this is what I would call retail politics. It's one ballot at a time, and it, you'd have to affect or buy a whole bunch of ballots in order to uh, actually affect the outcome of an election. I, I've but, never heard of I've never heard of such a thing buying ballots and then signing them and giving them to someone giving them to someone else. Yeah, that's that's a possibility. I haven't ever heard of somebody doing that. But uh, again, you've got to be pretty bold to go out and buy a ballot. And what do you get if if you did that sort of thing? You'd only get one ballot out of buying it. That's what I'm, I'm trying to make this distinction between retail fraud and, and wholesale fraud. Here's another one of those comments about the integrity of the voting process around the country. This is from a representative of the Secretary of State of the State of Washington. My name is Lori Agino. I'm the Washington State Director of Elections. And um, voters here in Washington State can rest assured that our system is secure. Uh, we are one of the many states now that are working cooperatively with the Department of Homeland Security uh, in this really unprecedented opportunity to work collaboratively with them uh, to ensure that our elections systems remain secure. Uh, it's been a great partnership that allows elections officials working together with IT experts, uh, making sure that all aspects of our system are secure, both physical security as well as system cybersecurity. Uh, it's been a great opportunity. I will also add that Washington voters are very fortunate. We always uh, vote on a paper ballot, uh, and so these paper-based systems that include um, that include these voter verifiable paper audit trails um, really provide a lot of assurance for our Washington voters. Uh, in addition to that, we conduct independent testing, pre- and post-election audits, and ensure that the uh, physical security of our tab tabulation equipment is always uh, 
uh, at the for, at the front of our attention. Donald Trump has has encouraged his supporters to watch the polling processes, watch the polling stations. What yeah. does that mean to you, and, and what can voters do to ensure for themselves that the process is fair? Well, I think uh, what he's uh, implying is that there's people coming to the uh, polling places to try to vote when they're not registered or not legitimately registered, but the effect is really to try to scare off voters, to intimidate them so that they don't even uh, stay at the polling places. And that's, in fact, what has happened in the past. There was a um, incident back in the 1980s where the Republican Party in Pennsylvania tried to intimidate voters uh, into not voting, and the, a lawsuit came out of that, and there was an injunction against the Republican Party in Pennsylvania that they couldn't do that anymore. And that injunction has actually continued to the present day, and includes this election. So if the Republicans in Pennsylvania, anyway, tried to do that sort of thing again, they would probably become uh, in contempt of court. The same thing happens with uh, voting procedures that create long lines or somehow delay the vote so that uh, people will have to wait a long time in order to actually vote. And they get discouraged and don't have the time to hang around to actually get their vote accomplished. And so they are intimidated in that way by just not having enough time to vote. And so I would urge voters to uh, stick with it, stick to their guns, make sure that uh, nobody intimidates them or discourages them from voting, and vote earlier in uh, vote centers uh, or absentee ballots and uh, before Election Day, and that would be a way of getting around that. This was a particularly interesting comment from the Secretary of State of Wisconsin, Doug LaFollette. This is Doug LaFollette, Secretary of State of Wisconsin. The voting issue has been very contentious here. There's been a strong effort by the Republican governor and Republican legislators to restrict people's ability to vote. They had strong voter ID laws. They've restricted the same-day voting possibility to register. They have made it very difficult for people to vote in Wisconsin, particularly young people, uh, elderly people, and minority people. The courts have overruled some of their efforts, but some of them are still in effect. So it's been a very difficult time here, as it has in many other states around the country. Despite the efforts to restrict people's access to voting, the actual results in Wisconsin should be fine because we have very good voting processes and good voting machines. This brings up the whole issue of voter fraud. And very briefly, I'm so tired of hearing about it because study after study by reputable organizations have found that there really is no voter fraud. It's just a front to try to restrict people's right to vote. And in Wisconsin, we've never had any real serious voter fraud. But the Republicans keep claiming that they have to protect people from voter fraud. What, what would a candidate get out of such a, such a scorched-earth policy as, as what we've seen in this, in this political campaign? I mean, if, if you've succeeded in getting people to tear down their system, what goes up in place of it? I mean, do, do the people who, who want to see wholesale change, 
do they have that much faith in the new thing, or or does or does the candidate even care about that? Well, I think some candidates have been uh, really playing on the fears of some voters and citizens. Um, there really would be no alternative to our democracy uh, except, you know, playing on those fears in a demagogic way. And uh, the candidate might benefit by getting elected, but uh, the democracy would probably suffer. Here's the last of the comments from State Secretaries of State. This is Sam Mahood, Press Secretary for California Secretary of State Alex Padilla, read by KBOO News Director Lisa Loving. Assertions that our nation's elections are rigged are irresponsible at best and un-American at worst. Free, fair, and accurate elections are at the very foundation of our democracy. Ensuring every ballot is counted and accounted for is my top priority and the top priority of all elections officials. I have great faith in our county election officials and the many thousands of poll workers from across the political spectrum who volunteer to assist voters in their community. I expect Californians will go to the polls on November 8th and cast their ballots free from intimidation. Our voters, poll workers, and democracy deserve no less. You know, I had one other question about the debates. Now, I remember a time when the League of Women Voters ran the debates, ran the presidential debates. Yes. But then this uh, commission was formed of the Democratic and Republican parties, which, oddly enough, seemed to rule out all of the other parties participating in this in this commission. And so right, now, right, so only the two major parties now decide who gets to debate and, and where the debates will be. How did that happen, and and what's your view of of how this of this new setup? Well, some people think that the League of Women Voters still uh, runs the debate, but uh, that's not true. We haven't done that since the 1980s, and uh, the breakup uh, with the parties happened when the League wanted to have all uh, candidates on the debate stage uh, that had uh, popular support. As I recall, it was John Anderson at the time that the League wanted to have on the debate uh, platform. And uh, the two major parties uh, didn't want to allow somebody else to be part of the system. Um, I don't know. Donald Trump is uh, maybe correct that our system is rigged, especially when it comes to the debates, uh, but not in the way that uh, he's been asserting that there's going to be massive fraud in elections. The system is rigged more because uh, the two major parties don't want to allow anything else to, uh, except their parties to compete. And so third parties uh, have been uh, systematically uh, cut out of the, the process for the most part and uh, aren't able to compete on the same basis as the two major parties. And that shows up in the way we finance our elections the way the redistricting happens uh, in the single-member districts where winner-take-all is, is the way that uh, elections happen. There's hardly any other election method uh, ever contemplated. So if you're a third-party candidate, there's always... Uh, if you're a third candidate, then there's a spoiler effect that um, comes into play where people have a dilemma as to which uh, candidate they want to vote for, the candidate they like best or the one that they're more likely to win that they like. So that, that's the so-called uh, voter's dilemma. Mr. Turo, are you, are you hopeful of, of, uh, 
our political system? Oh, yes. I'm an optimist when it comes to our democracy. Somehow the voters and their wisdom always uh, make the right decision. Uh, not always, but uh, for the most part, uh, I have confidence in the voters. They make a collective decision that is uh, very often the right one. Okay, well, Mr. Terrell, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me about this. I think that this is something that's been on the minds of a lot of voters, and um, hearing you help parse some of the things that have been talked about in the media, I think maybe might give people a little bit more information as they go into the voting booth. So so thank you very much for your time again, sir. Oh, you're very welcome. I hope I was of some lucidity. I'm Don Merrill, and I've been talking with C. Norman Terrell. Mr. Terrell is the president of the League of Women Voters, Oregon. And I want to thank the offices of Secretaries of State and Election Bureaus across the country who took the time to talk with me, despite the fact that they're preparing for what some consider to be the most important election for our country in a decade. That they did talk to me tells me they are professionals who are confident in what they do and will strive to service as well as they can as the public servants they're tasked with being.